How did a Christian television series become the largest crowdfunded media project of all time? Find out on today's episode of A View from the Wall. Join I Am A Watchman Ministries Managing Editor Joe Kerr with co-host Dylan Burroughs, bringing you a fascinating discussion regarding the importance of Bible prophecy and Christian living today as it relates to our responsibility as believers to be watchmen. This is A View From The Wall. Welcome to A View From The Wall. I'm Dylan Burroughs with co-host Joe Kerr, who serves as managing editor at I Am A Watchman Ministries. Let me begin with a question today. Do you ever wish you could find better content to watch on television? Now, I'm a father of three kids, and I often find myself seeking for something worth watching as a family. Well, today we are talking with a person who is answering this call and then some. Our friend today is Dallas Jenkins. He is a film producer and the son of Left Behind co-author Jerry Jenkins. He has worked with Universal, Lionsgate, Pure Flix, Hallmark Channel, and Amazon. And he's the producer behind a new series on the life of Christ that we're talking about today called The Chosen. We're honored to have him here with us today. Dallas, welcome to A View from the Wall. Great. Thanks so much for having me on. Many people are still discovering the show called The Chosen. It's at thechosen.tv, or you can look up the app at your app store. But it's out now. People can watch an episode if they want to go check that out online right now. But for those who aren't familiar with the project, we want to start off by giving you a chance to tell us a little bit about what it is and the background to it. So give us a little uh, intro to it, if you would. Well, the show itself, it's the first ever multi-season show about the life of Christ. So there's been movies and miniseries about Christ, obviously, but there's never actually been a multi-season show that you can really dig deeper into the people, into the stories of the Gospels. You really see the world through their eyes, and there's usually multiple uh, storylines that are going on, and you can really just take your time to really dig deep, and that's, that hasn't really been done before when it comes to biblical projects. Uh, in season one, which is out now, in the first eight episodes, um, we explore not only the Gospel stories uh, from the first couple of weeks of Jesus's ministry, but we explore the backstories. We explore the historical and cultural context. Um, that, and, and when you do that, it's similar to when you hear a sermon or when you uh, are in a discussion about some of these stories and you start to imagine what life was like at that time. You start to imagine what the people who Jesus encountered were experiencing before they met Christ. And so what we do is we take that and, and we try to, to create uh, plausible backstories uh, combined with historical facts and cultural facts that help give uh, kind of a three-dimensional life to these people and to these stories that maybe hasn't been achieved before. And that's been what we've been hearing from people who've seen it. Now, to answer your question about the backstory, it all started with a short film based on the birth of Christ from the perspective of the shepherds. And it's a short film that I did for my church's Christmas Eve service. I shot it on my friend's farm in Illinois, and it was just intended for my church. And while I was shooting it, and we were seeing all the great backstory that we can get into just from focusing on the story from a different perspective, this case being the shepherds, um, I thought, man, it would be, this would just make for a great TV show where you can really you know, spend multiple seasons on this. And so very long story short, that short film ended up going viral on social media and was used as the tool to crowdfund season one of the show. And, you know, I thought it was a ridiculous idea to try to crowdfund something. I didn't think it would ever work. The all-time crowdfunding record was $5.7 million from shows that actually had big fan bases, and we were starting from scratch and had no fan base. And we ended up 
raising over ten million dollars from nineteen thousand people and shattering the all-time crowdfunding record, and and that's what allowed us to do season one. We get the press release, Dallas. So we've got some of the stats, but I'm sure some of those have changed by now. Give us kind of an update. It said uh, over 150 countries it had been downloaded over 1.5 million times, translated into 52 languages. Update us where it stands now. Yeah, that's a great question. So, you know, we talk about um, one of our mottos is the, the Bible verse, Isaiah 43:19, which says, Behold, I am doing a new thing. And so the content itself is a new thing, being the first ever multi-season show. The financing is a new thing. We're the number one crowdfunded media project. But what you're bringing up is the actual uh, distribution, which is also a new thing. We created an app, and uh, the chosen app is where you watch the show. And we're not, um, we, you know, I think when you look at Hollywood and you look at the attempt to get distribution, sometimes you feel like you're waiting for Hollywood to lower its you know, scepter to allow you into its hallowed halls. And, <laughs> and in this case, we just went directly to the people. So the app has now been released in every country that exists, basically. Um, you know, it, the downloads came so quickly and people were so passionate about it uh, that we're also trying to make sure that we can also give it to, to some of these countries and some of these people in their own language. So uh, that's it's, it's growing faster than we can in some ways keep up with and the demand for it continues to grow. Well, there's been a lot of noise about not just the distribution of it, but the quality of it. For example, uh, the Movie Guide Awards that have been uh, talked about recently, there are two nominations for this series, so it's getting some recognition out there. But as you mentioned the stats, it makes me uh, think that this is not just a business deal. This is not just another uh, film that's out there or TV series that's out there for people to consume. This is an outreach. Tell us a little bit about the outreach aspect of it in terms of trying to bring the life of Christ to a new group, a new audience. Well, I think it's important that we try not to differentiate between the two. Um, this can only be outreach if it's also um, uh, successful. And uh, we don't have a studio or a big TV network writing a big check for this show. This show only exists with the uh, support of the people who made it happen. So, for example, season one was, was financed by crowdfunding investment. And we're not a nonprofit. But, as you said... This is absolutely motivated by outreach. That's the whole reason why I was motivated to do this. Um, and, but the, we, we need an engine to keep it going because we want to do eight seasons. Eight seasons are going to cost somewhere in the neighborhood of $100 million. And we want to reach over a billion people. And to do that, we've got to come up with new ways of distribution um, and new ways of getting it directly to the people. And people that are telling us every day that this is changing their life and that this is providing them with an ability to get closer to Christ and to the Gospels in a way that they haven't before. Um, it's drawing people back to the Bible in a way that they haven't been uh, engaged in, in years. And so the, the means to get it to people uh, is also ministry. So we have what's called a pay-it-forward program, which is how people can actually get this to others around the world. See, as you guys probably know, because you have a podcast, uh, streaming costs money. Every time someone streams a podcast or a show, it actually costs the streamer or the podcast money. And you're willing to do that because you want to have ministry, but you also know that you have to somehow bring in some sort of income to keep it going. So we want this to be free for people if they choose to watch it for free. But we say to them, listen, if you want others to see this around the world, be able to see it for free so we can afford to do it. And if you want to see future episodes and seasons, please consider paying it forward. And so every time someone does that, it's not only income for the show. 
but it is by definition ministry because it's giving you a chance to participate in the sharing of the gospel and the sharing of the message of the show. Well, this is exciting information. We've been talking with Dallas Jenkins here on A View from the Wall. We'll be right back in a moment. Stick with us. From I Am A Watchman Ministries, here's today's I Am A Watchman Minute. Is there more panic than peace in your life? If so, you're not alone, and there is hope. In 2 Kings 6, we read that an evil king sent his troops to find and kill the prophet Elisha. They found out where the prophet was and surrounded his camp in the night. When Elisha's servant woke and saw the enemy all about them, he panicked, but the prophet prayed. And when the servant looked out again, he saw God's army surrounding the enemy. Yes, God had their situation well in hand. Now, God's army didn't arrive just in the nick of time. No, God was and is always there. So have hope. God redeems, guides, and provides, and has established ministries like I'm a Watchman to be a support and blessing to you. Be bold. Be faithful. Be a Watchman. Iamawatchman.com Welcome back to A View from the Wall. This is Dylan Burns with Joe Kerr, and we've been talking with Dallas Jenkins about his new series, The Chosen. This is a phenomenal new series, and as we continue, I want to take a moment to share what Ravi Zacharias has to say about endorsing this new series. Hello, friends. As we approach this Christmas season, I want to particularly tell you what a blessing it was for me to watch this production called The Shepherd by Dallas Jenkins and his entire team. It combines simplicity with sublimity. The story is sublime and yet it's so real because in the culture of that day when you think of what it meant for the Word to become flesh and dwell among us full of grace and truth. What did it mean? The struggle for the religious person was to find acceptance with God, to get close. How do we get that perfect sacrifice? And you know, it's amazing what a beautiful narrative this is. You will be blessed. The shepherd will minister to you about the good shepherd and why indeed he came into this world. Enjoy it and be blessed. Dallas, we've just heard a few words from Ravi Zacharias. That is some high praise coming from someone like that, talking about the beginnings of this series. Talk a little bit about that story and what has happened as this has continued to spread. Yeah, I mean, Ravi Zacharias is um, a hero of mine. And when he saw the pilot episode, that's why he refers to it as The Shepherd. Um, it was a pilot episode that we did, the short film that I did for my church initially, and that and right. ultimately led to the rest of the show. A lot of people uh, say that the quality of the show um, has been, I think, refreshing for them. And I think uh, what Ravi spoke to was not only the message, but the quality as well. And I think that's been important. You know, people have started to believe that faith-based media is uh, lower quality than the rest of of media. And in many ways, they're, they're oftentimes right. And so what has happened is that there's been a lot of people who've been difficult to convince to watch the show. 
Um, you know, people, especially when they hear it's a Jesus project, they just assume that the quality is not going to be there, that it's not going to be engaging. And um, what, one of the things that's been really exciting is that even within the Christian community, I mean, we've heard from pastors, we've heard from media professionals, and then even from non-believers who said, I didn't want to watch this. I didn't think it was going to be good. And then I finally gave it a shot and I couldn't stop watching. And having someone like Ravi, you know, talk about it uh, and, and endorse it has helped. And I think other endorsements like that. And uh, hopefully that just continues to spread because it's word of mouth that has gotten this show to where it is. And it's going to be word of mouth that continues to allow it to spread. Let's um, talk about the series itself, because one of the things that's unique about this series, a lot of them talked about the life of Christ, as you explained, and it's just cinematography. How do we shoot Jesus walking on the water different from the last guys who did it? But this series really highlights the backstories and the life of the people around Christ. In other words, it's not talking about Jesus, the chosen. It's talking about the people he chose and how that impacted their lives. Talk about that a little bit. Well, I'm so glad you brought that up because it's a great point. And what's interesting is you actually brought up the Jesus walking on water scene, which um, we hear a lot from people like, I can't wait to see what you do with that scene, or I can't wait for you to show that scene. And there's a very good chance we won't even do it. And here's why. Because so many projects about Christ have been done. And as you said it very well, people are oftentimes watching it from what I call a voyeuristic perspective, which is, oh, I wonder how they're going to do this. And then while they're watching the scene, you're, you're comparing it to other versions that you've seen, and you're comparing it to whether it's what you had in mind in your head, and you're comparing it to what you think other projects, like mainstream projects, how they do their special effects or visual effects, and it takes you out of the scene. And what we're focused on is the people and the relationships that Jesus had with his followers, uh, and, and including those who were against him. So our litmus test for whether or not we're going to tell a particular story from the Gospels is, does this story connect with the viewer in a way that we believe is going to draw them emotionally, intellectually, and spiritually closer to Christ, and also make for a good TV show? And if it's more about the the, the effects and more about the visuals than it is about the heart and about the relationships, then we may not cover it. Um, so that's that's key, and that's that's one of our uh, main approaches every time. You know, right now we're writing season two, and when we were going through what we were going to cover for season two, again, we look at it through the lens of, is this going to make for a good show, and is this going to compel people? Now, that doesn't mean that we're contradicting whatsoever anything that's from Scripture, obviously. And we have no, I mean, I love Scripture, and our goal is to enhance um, and engage people in their experience with, with the Bible. Um, it's not to replace or to improve. I mean, we can't improve the Bible, obviously, um, but we do walk through it going, yeah, how can we tell a story in a way that hasn't been done before and really get connect people uh, even closer to Christ and to his word? Well, that's a good way to put it. I like you have the disclaimer at the beginning of the episodes that says something to that effect, that we're not trying to change the Bible in any way. We're simply giving a way to look at it from a different perspective and to portray these stories well. And I love how you, for example, in the first episode, portray the life of Peter and his backstory, the rough and tough guy, and how Jesus changes him. And what makes uh, your series unique from the perspective of the characters? I mean, we've seen films that have Matthew or the other disciples portrayed. What are some of the things that make this series unique from your perspective? Yeah, I think that one of the main things is um, just the humanity of the people in the show. Um, we hear it constantly. Uh, these people feel so real. They feel so human. They feel so authentic. Even Jesus, 
our portrayal of Jesus. Um, yes, of course, we emphasize his divinity because we show him doing miracles. And, and we, you know, this is a show that strongly comes from the perspective that he is the Messiah and that he's the Son of God. But it, we also portray his humanity in a way that I think hasn't been done before. Um, we show him telling jokes. We show him laughing. We show him, um, you know, saying his prayers before bed. We show him, uh, you know, talking to his mother. We, sh- you know, we show a lot of things that don't oftentimes get portrayed in Bible projects. But also, as you mentioned, the followers of Christ, um, you know, our main characters, Matthew and Simon and Nicodemus and Mary Magdalene, um, we show you who they were even before they met Christ. And when we do that, it makes the encounter with Christ that much more impactful because our belief is that if you can see Jesus through the eyes of those who actually met him, you can be changed and impacted in the same way that they were. And the, the change and impact that came to these people when they encountered Christ was significant. And it's made more so when you understand where they came from and the oppression that they were dealing with. So I think all of that context helps make this show a little bit different. And then the people in the show talk like normal human beings. They don't speak with British accents quoting King James scripture. Um, yes, of course, we do have them quote scripture at times because, of course, we are showing scenes from scripture and moments from scripture, but they they talk in a way that I think is, is much more like how they actually spoke 2,000 years ago than what we often see portrayed, where it's much more stiff and formal um, and presentational, whereas This is more like a show where you're watching human beings actually interact as human beings. Right. Well, I hope you're excited as you find out more about this Chosen series and what God is doing through it. And when we come back, we're going to talk about how you can get involved in not just watching it, but being part of what God is doing with this series. So stick with us here on A View From The Wall. A View from the Wall comes from I Am a Watchman Ministries, established to help individuals know the love of Jesus, enter into a relationship with Jesus, live for Jesus, tell others about Jesus, and prepare for the imminent return of Jesus. We want to inspire the body to live a life of meaning and purpose. And at the coming judgment, hear the Lord say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. The wise will strive to live well so that they can finish well. The prudent will work to be aware of what God has done and what prophecy notes he will do in the days to come. In support of these goals, the I Am A Watchman ministry is happy to make available at no cost a wealth of discipleship, prophecy, and spiritual growth resources for those who desire to learn and those who are called to lead. Find out more by visiting our website, IamAWatchman.com. That's IamAWatchman.com. Welcome back to A View from the Wall. We're talking with Dallas Jenkins about his new series, The Chosen, one of the most incredible series you'll ever watch in the life of Christ. It's considered a success from the standpoint that it is the largest crowdfunded media project of all time. That means many of you who are listening may be familiar with it and even involved in helping with it. And I know, Joe, you can speak to this as well and your involvement in it. But we want to give Dallas an opportunity to talk about how people can get involved in watching it, but also be part of the action. Talk a little bit about some of the unique opportunities available with The Chosen. Well, yeah, as I mentioned before, uh, you know, everything about this project has been new and different. In fact, there's a line in episode seven of season one where Simon is complaining to Jesus about the calling of Matthew, and he can't understand it. 
and he's frustrated by it because he and Matthew was a tax collector and um, tax collectors were hated uh, by the Jews in that time. And Jesus just looked at him and says, get used to different. And that's one of our mottos along with the Bible verse, uh, Isaiah forty three nineteen, where I said earlier, it says, behold, I'm doing a new thing. So the way to watch this is actually a new thing as well. Um, as I mentioned, we've got this app and some people may think, well, I'm a little nervous about that because I, I'm not maybe technolog- te- you know, technologically savvy. And that actually goes for me. I'm not actually, uh, I, I, I'm a bit of a tech moron, even though I'm a me- I, my, my, I do media for a living. I'm not very good as an end user when it comes to technology. But this is one of the easiest things that I've come across. You can literally download the app. You just look up the chosen in the app store or on Google Play. You download it to your phone. And you think, oh, I don't want to watch a show on my phone. Well, neither do I. But it connects directly to your Fire Stick or to your Apple TV or to your Chromecast or to your Roku without needing a subscription. It's free. You don't need to jump through a bunch of hoops. It does it automatically. In fact, we had someone post the other day on their social media that they checked into a hotel and they wanted to see if they could just watch the show on their hotel TV. And sure enough, because the hotel TV had Chromecast, they were able to watch The Chosen on their hotel TV through their phone. And this is unprecedented technology. It's never been done before. We're the only show that has this. And it's what's allowed us to get this out to the rest of the world as well without having to go through the gatekeepers. So by simply downloading the app, you are participating in this project. It allows you to watch it, of course. And then, as I mentioned earlier as well, we, we say to you, uh, if you like this show um, and you want others to be able to watch it around the world and you want, other, you want us also to be funded for future episodes and seasons, um, pay it forward. And... When you pay it forward, whether it's for 10 bucks or 100 bucks, or some people have paid it forward for $10,000, because that ensures that literally thousands of people around the world can also see it for free. And um, so that's, I think, I think we're, we're, you know, again, we, we're talking about getting used to different. And if this is something that you really want to see, you may have to adjust your normal viewing habits and, and not rely on Hollywood's uh, system of watching things. Um, and maybe putting the show in the hands of people who don't align with it, um, we decided to create our own thing to get to you directly, and uh, it allows you to participate not only in the viewing but in the spreading of the word. It's also available. My wife and I watch it, as do some of our family. We actually bought them a subscription for that reason, so it is available on subscription television. We watch it on Pure Flix. And right. to underwrite something you said earlier, I love the way the characters are developed. As a writer, it's always interesting to see somebody present it in a new perspective, and everybody recognizes Peter's going to be in the story. You know you're going to have a few main characters, but my favorite character thus far in the first season is Matthew. Who wrote yeah. Matthew? Yeah, Matthew is a fascinating character, um, uh, and and I think uh, one of the reasons why he's really people have really responded so strongly is we decided to portray him as having Asperger's syndrome or being on the autism spectrum. Um, I uh, came up with that idea based on two things. One, um, we looked in the Gospels, and when we saw the fact that Matthew was a numbers guy, he was a facts guy. I mean, his first his first chapter is just a genealogy. And the fact that he was willing to do a, uh, take, do a trade that made him a social outcast. He was hated by the Jews and disrespected by the Romans. And we thought, well, that's interesting, you know? So, and, and, and one of the things that happens oftentimes when you see Jesus projects is a friend of mine said this really well. He said, there's usually three disciples. There's usually Peter, cause he's the most famous one. There's Judas, cause he's the bad guy. And then there's the other 10 disciples are all one. They all look and sound the same and you don't ever really get to know them. And so we're exploring some of these other disciples, and Matthew is one that we really found interesting because 
his story is fascinating. And what we do is we take these stories from the Gospels that are famous, such as Jesus walked by Matthew's tax collector booth, he said, follow me, and Matthew immediately dropped everything and followed him. But what would lead that to happen? What would cause someone who's outcast like that to drop everything and just decide to follow Jesus and give up financial success? And what would cause it to happen quickly? Jesus must have been a very charismatic person. He must have been building up um, a lot of, I don't know if a lot, but at least some fame in the region. Matthew must have known who he was. And so we explore that. And one of the things that we found interesting was this notion that Matthew could have been on the Asperger spectrum. It doesn't say that in scripture, but we believe it could have been plausible. And that has helped us portray him in a very human way, in a relatable way, that doesn't feel like a cardboard cutout or a stiff formal presentation. And so we've tried to bring that to all of the people that we're portraying in this show is to make them fully realize uh, three-dimensional human beings. Well, this has been a phenomenal project so far. Over 16,000 people who have invested in it, in addition to all the people who have watched it. As we wrap up in our last couple of minutes today, we have a lot of people who consider themselves watchmen. They are looking at what God is doing in these last days. And as we wrap up today, I want to encourage you to give us a word for our listeners to help them to know, how can I live out my faith based on what we're talking about today? How can I get involved? How can I do something that makes an impact with my life? Well, I can only speak to what we've been experiencing with this show, which is, um, and I'm, I'm saying, I'm talking about not just the reaction to the show, but the making of it. Something happened to me a few years ago. I had a very strong career disappointment and I didn't know what my future was. I didn't know if I was ever going to make another project or movie. And I, God impressed on my heart through my wife, through other people, um, friends of mine, the very same message, which was, um, it's not your job to feed the 5,000. It's only to provide the loaves and fish. And as soon as I got that, uh, my life changed. Um, I'm a results-oriented guy. When we talked about the show on this in this interview, um, we talked about some of the numbers and some of the results and all of that. And, and honestly, one of the reasons why I think the show has had uh, the success that it's had is because we honestly don't care about that. At least I don't. Um, I'm focused only on what's in front of me. Um, I'm focused on making sure that the loaves and fish that I do provide that if God chooses to multiply them, that they're as healthy and as good as they can be. And so when you're focused on just making sure that what God provides for you, that daily manna that he gives, that you're making sure that you're using it in as, as holy of a way as possible and in as healthy of a way as possible, that if God chooses to multiply it, it will truly impact the world. And that's been, um, I think, the thing that has driven me for the last couple of years is to not be focused on what may happen to just focus on the loaves and fish there in front of me. Well, that is a wonderful application as we wrap up our time together. God is not calling you to feed the 5,000. He's calling you to be faithful with what you have. And as you do, he will multiply it as he sees fit to impact lives. We're seeing that in the work that Dallas Jenkins is doing with The Chosen. We encourage you to check that out. Again, that website, for those of you who are interested, is thechosen.tv. And you can also go to the App Store and look up The Chosen app and stream that directly from any device. Thanks for being with us, Dallas. Look forward to talking to you again in the future. Absolutely. Let's do it again. Thank you. Well, thank you. And again, those of you listening today, we appreciate you and your commitment to biblical truth and to knowing about the end times and communicating that to others. We hope you've been encouraged by today's program and encourage you to find out more at IamAWatchman.com. We look forward to being with you next time here on A View from the Wall. A View from the Wall, in association with I Am a Watchman Ministries, exists to equip a worldwide audience with biblical truth, sharing it with others, and being prepared for Christ's imminent return. The team seeks to encourage, inspire, and equip watchmen for such a time as this. For information about the ministry and upcoming events, visit IamAWatchman.com. 
A View from the Wall is made possible by the team of dedicated pastors, editors, and the many contributors of I Am a Watchman Ministries. To support our efforts, give online at IamAWatchman.com and click on the donate button. Thanks for listening and join us again next time on A View from the Wall.